This podcast and its content are designed and intended to provide a place for conversation. Topics and advice covered in this podcast should not be taken as professional medical advice or emotional or spiritual counsel. If you or a loved one need professional help, they should seek a licensed professional. The views covered and discussed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of WCSG Radio or Cornerstone University. Ideas presented are not necessarily endorsed by WCSG Radio or Cornerstone University. Welcome to Through Rough Waters, a biblically-based mental health podcast presented by WCSG and supported by West Michigan Wellness Group. I'm your host, Zach Allen. Joining me is my co-host, Kevin DeCam. Kevin, how are you? Great, Zach. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really exciting to be here and be kicking off this podcast series. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. We're excited to get it started. And uh, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about ourselves to start and why we're the ones that are going to be starting this conversation and talking to you about that. So, uh, if you listen to WCSG, you've heard my voice. Uh, I'm on the air all over the place and do a lot of behind the scenes things here. And uh, I also am very passionate about mental health because it's affected me through most of my life. Uh, in addition to anxiety and depression, I've gone through some traumatic things and therapy has been a literal lifesaver for me. So I'm very passionate about talking about this, about removing the stigma of it, and about introducing people that love Jesus to this world of mental health and letting them know that it's okay to struggle with this and there is help for you. Uh, what about you, Kev? I, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit biased in my response here. But yes, uh, we uh, part of my own personal passion for pursuing this career as a way to uh, serve and for developing the resources that we have at West Michigan Wellness Group is to look for that healthy space between uh, solid biblical truth and, and healthy spiritual foundations and solid clinical practices. We, we find lots of examples on either end, but our passion is really to bring both together. And I think kind of the the idea of this podcast is to explore that, what that can and should look like. Yeah, so we should mention West Michigan Wellness Group is a group of therapists local to uh, the listening area of WCSG here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, each episode of Through Rough Waters is going to feature myself and Kevin, as well as some other therapists that work at West Michigan Wellness Group that have expertise in that week's featured topic. Uh, we're also excited to be able to feature some listener questions and answers throughout the season as well. Uh, make sure you listen to the whole podcast at the end. We'll give you some contact info for both West Michigan Wellness Group and uh, how you can get your questions to us. All right, so the name of the podcast, Through Rough Waters, comes straight out of the Bible. It comes out of Isaiah 43, verses 2 and 4. This is the message paraphrase, and I'm just going to read it. God says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name, and you're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end, because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. You know, anyone that's gone through a mental health journey can will tell you it feels like drowning a lot of the time, but it doesn't have to be doesn't have to feel like drowning because you will get through it because we belong to Jesus and nothing's a dead end. Uh, how does that sit with you, Kev? Yeah, I was going to say, I love that you've chosen this verse, Zach, but I think more accurately, God placed this passage on your heart um, as, a, as a theme and a title verse for the work that we're doing. And a few things jump out to me right off the bat. First and foremost, uh, especially in this, uh, in the message uh, version, uh, we, it's just such a personal message, right? So in verse two, we see right off the bat, 
God says, I've called your name, you're mine. What a deeply personal thing. Uh, and just speaks to that theme of being known, which is so central. Ultimately, a lot of the work that we do ends up coming down uh, to that place of just being known uh, and sometimes being afraid of being known and the shame and fear that can surround that. But that's that's our ultimate desire. We were designed and created for communion with God and with each other. And this, this verse just speaks to that. This passage speaks to that right off the bat. He also says, I'm, I'm with you over and over. Uh, that That's a theme that we see throughout scripture, but we see it highlighted here. I'm with you. And in case we missed it at the very end of the passage that you read, Zach, it says, I am your personal God. It ends with the, the Holy of Israel, your savior, his credentials. But the first thing he says uh, is, I am your personal God. And I just think that's so incredibly important to the work that we're doing at West Michigan Wellness Group and other work that others do elsewhere and what we'll be talking about here. I also think uh, just a couple other thoughts, if I could, on this, um, because I think they end up being so relevant. I wish that when God uh, inspired the writing of this passage, uh, when he inspired Isaiah to write this, that he would have said something like, I will rescue you, or better yet, I'll make sure that nothing difficult or, or harmful ever even happens to you, right? Uh, you won't go through rough waters, or when you start to, I'm going to show up and sweep you out of them. I think it's really important to understand that that's not what God says. But what he says is more important, and that is, I will be with you. I'll be there. Right. And, and ultimately he says, you will not go down. He doesn't say you won't be in the rough waters. He doesn't say you won't think you're about to go down, but ultimately in the end, the eternal assurance that we have is that we won't go down. And, and I think if we can hold that assurance and remember that that's our ultimate assurance, um, it gives us perspective when we do go through those rough waters, whatever form that takes. Yeah, I know some people get like a little bugaboo about reading from the message paraphrase. So I thought I would read that same passage out of the ESV, just so you know that it's not just Eugene Peterson making something up. This is uh, the start of Isaiah 43 from the ESV. God says, fear not for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy one of Israel, your savior. Yeah. And there it is again, right? When this happens, I will be with you. So it's, it's happening. That's the assurance that we get. This book's from the Old Testament, Isaiah. What, what's one of the things Jesus promises is that you will have trouble. Um, following God doesn't mean you're not going to have any issues. I think we all know that academically, but sometimes we don't feel that when we're going through something that feels like drowning. Uh, it's also really important that I wanted the first thing in this podcast to be from the Bible, because a lot of times, I don't know if you've explored the mental health podcast uh, space, there's not a whole lot of biblical stuff out there, at least that I can find. There's a lot of like, just have positive mental power, just power through it, or just be yourself. And mental health is not foreign to the Bible. If you look, explore the story of David, like so many of those Psalms are written out of depression. Uh, if you read Jesus in one of the gospels, the night before he was betrayed, he was despondent to the point of death. That can be just translated as depressed. I've been that level of depressed. I know what that feels like. And Jesus has been that way too. Like this is not a foreign concept to God. It shouldn't be a foreign concept to us. Absolutely. And I mentioned this a little bit in my opening, but um, too often we take a uh, just a natural look, maybe a clinical or scientific look at things like mental health. And unfortunately, we don't leave room for the spiritual aspects and truths that should exist 
Um, I think it maybe especially here in West Michigan, uh, we also experience the opposite, uh, which is that we look things through a sort of over-spiritualized or hyper-spiritualized lens and fail to recognize that reality. And I just think it's so important. I appreciate the examples that you brought up. Um, I actually sat in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, several years back and it was such a powerful thing. And I, it wasn't led through a tour. I didn't have any deep teaching, but there was something about the power of sitting in the space at or near where Jesus sat and experienced that depth of human emotion that was incredibly powerful and, and life giving and sort of gave permission for us to feel what it is that we feel. And so, like I said, our, our desire, uh, my own personally, and, uh, you know, those of us among the team is to, to find that healthy space where it's okay to admit that some of what we deal with in life, uh, is, is mental, is spiritual, uh, happens at the level of mind and soul, not just our body. Uh, we tend not to do such weird things with this as Christians, right? Where when we get hit, uh, hurt physically, especially in a way that's obvious or undeniable, uh, we can still be weird, but l- sort of less weird in denying that it's a real thing or that, um, you know, imposing that we should feel bad or guilty that we've somehow done something wrong. But unfortunately, too many of us still have experienced something like that around mental health issues or social and relational issues. Yeah. I've heard the the analogy one time where like, we know that God is the ultimate healer, right? But if you break your arm, you still need to go to a doctor to have your arm set up in a spot where God can make all the, the bones and stuff knit back together. Therapy is the same way when you're hurt mentally, like God is ultimately going to be the one that heals you or gets you through it. It's not going to be some magic word that a therapist says, but that therapist will set your mind on the right spot so God can do what he wants to do. And you might just be blocking him with your, with not allowing him to do it. Absolutely. And and I love that analogy and that idea of setting the bone. Uh, you know, the doctor really just puts things in the right position and perspective for the body to then take over and for the natural healing processes that God has created to take place. Because there is this argument, and unfortunately, it goes as far as people saying things like, uh, you must not be doing something right. Look at Job's friends, right? After they did the one right thing, which is just come sit with him when he was suffering, they then went on to explain why it must be his fault or he must have done something wrong. And uh, I don't know about Job, and I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have found that particularly helpful, uh, right, to, to try to make these excuses or, or blame for what had happened. But um, And so we don't do that, but we also don't do nothing. We don't just sit and wait for something to magically change. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm glad people don't do that when they break their arms. Um, I'm glad that people are doing that less and less when they have uh, a rupture or a, or a hurt or some sort of disruption in their relationships or in their life or in their, uh, their mental health or spiritual health. All right, let's pivot to some myth busting. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Kevin, and I'm going to throw out a couple statements that could be reasons why a believer might say, I don't need to see a therapist. I'm fine. So myth number one, and I've actually heard this from someone that's pretty close to me when I've opened up about my story, what they say, mental illness doesn't exist. Yeah, that one, that one's interesting to me. You're hitting me with the big one right off the bat. That one almost seems so outlandish that uh, I'm not real sure how to respond. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you it does. Uh, how's that? We deal with it all day long. Um, I think really what we mean comes from a lack of understanding of mental illness. We have come so far in this and just the, you know, within my own career, within the last 
25 years, I would say even in the last 10 years, I've seen us culturally, um, I, you know, locally, and I think across the board come so far in our willingness to accept mental illness as a real live thing. Uh, and to be honest about it and, uh, to be able to talk about it openly. I think we see this all over our culture. That's, that's probably not a big mystery, but I'm really grateful for it because it, it has always been there. Um, mental illness, when we use a phrase like mental illness, it's also so broad. We can mean so many things by that. And I think we have also broadened our definition of what that means to include a lot of folks. We often joke that we specialize in therapy for normal, normal people, meaning, um, you know, it, it sort of dispels that old rumor that what we mean by mental illness is some severe psychiatric disorder uh, that might be very evident, right, and and might be recognizable from a long ways away. Um, mental illness is is very broad, and it really means any kind of pain or disruption that I may be experiencing that impact impacts my normal functioning throughout the day, and and that means a lot of things. And I think once we're willing to admit that mental illness exists and broaden more accurately the definition of mental illness, we have to realize that it includes most of us, um, and you know we all have something within our mental and spiritual health that could probably at least use attention, if not professional help. One of the reasons I lead with that one is because I can flash back 20 years to my freshman year in college where I clearly had depression and ignored it. Cause I'm like, no, depression is when people can't get out of bed. Depression is when people cry all day. Like uh, I used to believe that myth. And if I didn't believe that myth when I was 17, oh boy, would my life have turned out differently. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and again, as I said a minute ago, we, we don't do this with things that are more tangible and less easy to deny, right? That would be like saying physical illness doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, it's laughable. It's silly. Of course it does. Injury doesn't exist uh, in a physical sense of the term. Of course it does. One of the reasons we also start with the mental illness doesn't exist, that's prevalent with believers a lot because that pivots into myth number two, which is Depression is just a sign of weak faith. Yeah, that, that one's probably difficult for me to hear on another, on another level, right? Because I, I have, uh, you know, I think we all experience depression to some level, but, but really have walked people with people through rough waters, through really deep seasons uh, or um, areas of depression. Um, and, and I would say many of them uh, have a deep, deep faith and in fact, I don't really think there's any correlation at all. Um, and, and yet somehow we've come up along the way with this, this myth, this idea that they are correlated, that it must be a sign that I'm doing something wrong. Depression is really complicated on one level. Again, it's a, it's a broad, um, uh, term when we use it, it can be a symptom or a primary issue. And so it's, it's kind of difficult to pin down what we even mean when we're talking about depression, but somehow along the line, we, we came up, uh, with this idea that it's, it's the fault of the person experiencing it. Um, and you know, that might be embedded in the fact that sometimes it is secondary. Sometimes it is a symptom of something else that might be going on. Um, but often it's not as simple as that. And so I think, um, you know, it's, it's really just a, a cruel way <laughs> to, even consider talking about something like that. And I think it's just inaccurate. Related to that myth number three, I know a lot of believers will say something like this. My mental health issue can just be prayed away. Yeah. So can my broken femur, right? Uh, of course not. That's, that's silly. Um, and yet people might even say that, 
right? The, those people exist in the world. And so I think we just have to be really, really careful with that. I, th- I think actually in this one, the first thing that I would say is prayer is an incredibly important part of the work that we do and is an incredibly powerful tool in terms of healing. We know that, right? Let's go back to the broken arm. If you broke, break your arm, uh, I would like to think that you should be, and I would be willing as your friend to be praying that that healing comes about, um, the damage is done, right? So we're sort of past being able to pray that it doesn't happen. But again, we don't have that insurance assurance anyway. Uh, you're going through it. It's there. Um, and I would hope to be with you as God promises to be with you. And part of that is in praying and inviting God into that space. But I, th- but I think it would be um, spiritually immature, actually, to say that prayer alone is going to change um a mental health issue any differently than uh, just waiting for my arm to magically reset and reheal would. It's important to biblically say, like, we know that God is all powerful and he could decide to answer your prayer and heal you with a snap. But knowing that our God is a God of story and our God is a God of, of community, like what better story would it be for us to heal through community rather than him to snap his fingers and fix us? Like, we know that God can still do miracles and we absolutely believe that, but just because he can doesn't mean he will. He might have a different story in mind for you. Absolutely. Of course he's powerful enough, right? But I, if we wanted to, we could go all the way back and say, well, if his plan was just to miraculously and, and in his ultimate power heal everything, then why did he bother uh, creating us in the first place, right? But we know that he created us because he wanted to invite us into this work with him. And that's really how we as therapists approach the work that we do, right? I'm not the healer ultimately. Um, and uh, there are things that I can offer. There, There's uh, a posture that I can take. There's an environment that I can create. I think as we get further into it, even having the, the knowledge and wisdom and discernment and training and experience to know what questions to ask, and what areas to explore, what body language to pick up on, how to read communication uh, in a way that might not be as obvious helps you journey through the process. Uh, but ultimately, it will be God who does the healing, right? But, but he invites us and he takes joy in us participating in that redemptive process with him. So let's pivot to the next myth. Let's say, okay, we've, we've talked about these first three things and you've convinced me, okay, I really do need to go to therapy. But myth number four says, my friends or my family or my community, they won't understand my mental health needs. They'll look at me differently if I tell them I'm going to therapy. What would you say to that? Um, Maybe not what you want me to say to that or expected me to say in response to that question, Zach. But um, my first response might be, yeah, probably not. Right. It's just it's just highly likely, Um, you know, your uh, friends, family and community probably consist of human beings. Right. So right off the bat, there's some likelihood that they're not going to understand. And then we can squeeze down concentric circles from there. And again, let's be honest, we we are we're in West Michigan. I think it's it's likely um, that you will be experiencing running into interacting with maybe even. Uh, interacting with people who are attempting to provide care, but in doing so really don't understand your mental health needs. So actually, you know, part of healing and growing and working through going through rough waters is developing some level of resilience. So rather than kind of like God doesn't promise that we won't experience difficult difficulty or that we'll be swept away from it as soon as it happens. He just says, I'll be with you. Right. And so I think in much the same way, my response as a mental health practitioner would be to say, yeah, you're, you're probably right. They might not. 
now on the more hopeful side, again, I think we're coming along. We've come a long ways. Um, I think we have a little ways to go uh, in terms of our understanding and acceptance of people working through mental health needs. Uh, but um, uh, I think we've come a really long way. And I think actually what you will find and what we find all the time is that when I have the courage to be open and honest about what it is, it, what it is that I'm experiencing, I actually give freedom and permission to people around me to be equally honest. And I will find out quickly that I'm not alone. I did, it's an interesting phenomenon, right? If I have a 10 hour day and see 10, se- 10 clients back to back in 10 sessions, um, how inevitable it is that people will come in one after the other, after the other being disconnected mostly from one another, but all telling me how isolated and lonely they feel about the situation that they're in right now. I don't have the right <laughs> to take it upon myself to share with one another, um, I, with, with the others, but, uh, often we are encouraging people to be willing to take the risk to share their story and in doing so probably end up inviting someone at some point to connect with them around a similar story. I hope that's one thing that you get out of listening to this podcast is realizing that you are a hundred percent, not the only person that feels this way or has gone through this way. Like there is a large community of humans and fellow believers that have been through the same thing that you're through and through is the important thing. Like we will get through it. That is a promise from God. So I'm going to pivot now to this last myth because it's kind of going to set up the rest of this first season of Through Rough Waters. And uh, the myth is my mental health issue, fill in the blank, whatever it is, makes me unfit to lead or to parent or whatever you are called to do. Yeah. Uh, Do some research on that, right? And unfortunately, by now, what most of us mean by do research is put it in Google and read the first couple, you know, taglines that, that pop up, but really look into this and find, and, and look at the statistics, uh, of mental health in your community. Look at it among leadership, look at it among parents. Um, I can tell you again, that, uh, uh, that the correlation is not between people with mental health illnesses and people who lead or parent or follow whatever calling or purpose they have in their life. Um, the correlation is with people, right? And so we, we see people struggling at, at all levels. We consistently, in fact, one of the kind of niches that I've developed in my own practice is to work with other leaders, to work with pastors, to work with ministry leaders. Um, I can tell you, uh, that, uh, you know, mental health does not discriminate in the way that we probably traditionally have believed that it has. And once we're willing to be honest about that, and, and again, thank God, literally that more leaders are more open than ever before in history with their mental health struggles, right? Celebrities. It's, it's almost, I sometimes joke, um, with my millennial friends that, you know, I'm I'm grateful to you that you took counseling from being taboo (laughs) to being okay to actually even being cool in some ways. Um, and so we see celebrities, we see leaders, we see people being willing to share their story and to open up about the fact that they struggle again, as Jesus did, he did, he didn't hide it. Um, he went away to rest and to rejuvenate, but he didn't go away to hide and he was willing to show his emotion and show his vulnerability, um, to those who were closest to him. And I think it invited them to do the same. And I I think that's what we see. And so, um, yeah, obviously mental health, uh, challenges, especially when they reach a level of disorder and really, according to the DSM, uh, we, we sort of cross that line when the things that we're dealing with begin to impact or impair our regular daily functioning, then sometimes that can change our capacity temporarily. 
but it certainly doesn't disqualify or we don't really have any hope. And, and I believe that too is a theme of this podcast. This entire podcast is that we should have hope even in the face of these rough waters. So I hope these last 25 minutes or so have kind of whetted your appetite for what um, what Through Rough Waters is going to be. Um, thanks for joining us for our first episode. Uh, in two weeks, we'll have uh, episode two coming out. We're going to begin uh, our series on anxiety. We're going to start with unpacking the science and the brain chemistry involved in anxiety. And uh, really hope you join us in two weeks. want to say thank you to Kevin and West Michigan Wellness Group for um, supporting this podcast with their expertise. Uh, if someone here local in West Michigan is looking to um, explore the world of, world of therapy. Uh, how do they get in touch with you, Kevin? Yeah, I appreciate that. And we invite anyone listening to do just that, even if it's just to begin to ask some preliminary questions or, um, you know, sort of dissolve the stigma around any of this. They can always reach out and find more information about us at our website, www.westmichiganwellnessgroup.com. I also invite people to give us a call, uh, 616-600-1187, 600-1187. And uh, we have caring support people who will be happy to walk you through the initial uh, questions and, and um, issues that you might have and uh, always willing to line you up with somebody who we believe will be able to walk you through that part of your journey. Um, we have several locations around West Michigan now. Uh, actually, just this week, the week of recording here, we are announcing a third location and we have um, multiple therapists and a growing team who are willing to meet those needs and bring different areas of skill and expertise to the table. Yeah, and we'll have that link and that phone number for you down in the show notes as well. Also, if you've got any questions, maybe you want to be a part of our Q&A segment that we hope to start at the end of every episode or just some feedback on uh, Through Rough Waters, you can reach out via email to me. Uh, again, I'm Zach at WCSG. My email is Z-A-C-H at WCSG.org. Again, thanks for joining us for episode one. Hope to see you in two weeks as we start to explore the world of anxiety. Uh, as we wrap up, Kev, uh, would you end us in prayer? I would love to. Absolutely. Lord, we come before you here and we're just so grateful for this medium, for this opportunity to uh, use a podcasting format and for our partners at WCSG and Cornerstone, where we can uh, reach those who may have questions or concerns in any of these areas. Lord, uh, my prayer personally and specifically is that someone listening right now um, will be inspired to take a next step towards their own healing and towards reconciliation with themselves or maybe within a relationship in their life and ultimately with you, Lord. Uh, so I thank you that we could reach this audience. Uh, I, I pray for the audience and everyone listening. And Lord, ultimately, we just give all praise and glory to you. We know that you are the Holy of Israel. You are our Savior and you are God and that you are our personal God, that you're with us, that you've called our name and, and that we belong to you. And so we thank you for being with us. We thank you uh, for rough waters even that we know will build resilience in us ultimately. And we pray for ourselves and for everyone listening that uh, we would be able to maintain our perspective on who you are and what you've promised so that we continue, continue to put our faith in you. For it's in your name that we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen.